My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast on this glorious Tano Tuesday. My name is David. I'm Retro Ray. And I'm Kyle. And this is where we talk all things Ahsoka today and Star Wars. We might talk about a, a few different topics, but today's the day, guys. Or tonight's the night, uh, however you want to look at it. But we've been waiting, it feels like, for years for the show to debut. It's going to happen during normal hours, n- normal human functioning hours. Thank you, Disney. Which, for Kyle, it's 9 p.m. For me and Ray, it's 8 p.m. And for certain lucky people, like out in California, I won't mention names on the podcast, but they're going to get it at 6 p.m. and still live, stay awake for like eight hours. It's it's wild. Um, I'd like to say that they finally listened to the podcast and said, hey, look, uh, maybe these guys are on to something and maybe we should air these shows during the day. Hopefully... This isn't the exception to the rule. Hopefully, we're going to get all these Disney Plus shows during the day. We don't have to stay up till 2 a.m. Central Time, 3 a.m. Eastern Time. It's a big deal, guys. I, I'm really excited that they did that. It feels like they listened to us. And we have Ray and Kyle on the pre-show. And Kyle, we haven't had you on the show for a while. So tell us, how, how's it been going? Uh, what Star Wars stuff have you been up to? What, what are you looking forward to on Ahsoka tonight? Uh, it, it's it's been going well, keeping busy, obviously, with the Fandom Podcast Network. But I am so there's so much with Ahsoka I'm looking forward to. I did a little bit of a revisit of Andor here recently, and also some key episodes for Ahsoka as we get ready. But there's just something about this particular Star Wars show with Ahsoka that just feels like it's got a lot of importance to it, and it's really I think a show that could dictate the direction of Star Wars going forward for disney obviously with everything that's going on between all the craziness in hollywood and just how 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 fandom has kind of been i really feel like this is this is a key show and a key moment kind of like how i felt when force awakens came out or even back in the day when the phantom menace came out this is kind of one of i think we're going to mark this down as that one of these um locked in time incredibly important moments in star wars just it has that feel to it. and I, I can't fully explain why, but I just, I'm coming in with that kind of excitement and that kind of feel for this show. Awesome. I totally agree with you, Kyle. I, those really are my sentiments. I think this show may be kind of the, the, the step off point to a new era in star Wars. And of course it's Dave Filoni. He is George Lucas's apprentice. He studied at the feet of the master and now he is the master. Um, and he's he's gonna do he's gonna do a live action film as well. And from everything we've heard, we had Kevin, uh, your buddy from uh, the Fandom Podcast Network, on, and he went to the Ahsoka fan event and he got to see the first two episodes on the big screen. And he said they were very cinematic, which really bodes well for Filoni's movie that that's gonna drop here hopefully sooner than than later. Strike dependent, really, but uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this. And like I said, I share that sentiment. I think we're going to get different elements introduced in the show. 
that are going to propel us into what the future of Star Wars is going to be. So, Ray, what are you looking forward to tonight? And a lot, but I had a little chit-chat with a buddy of ours, Christopher Owens, earlier, and he got to see it yet yesterday as well. Um, I, don't, I don't know, I guess because of the time difference from between us or whatever. Um, so he got to see it, and he basically said it's amazing. Um, and he basically told me that prepare for some stuff that, that you're not expecting. That's his exact thing he told me. Nothing else with no spoilers. That's all he said. So I was kind of like, oh, man, now I really can't wait for it. Um, I kind of, like I said, I talked to, we talked about on Countdown to the Geek Cast last night where, you know, we're talking about what do we expected as well. You know, I want some flashback. I, you know, this is where it's a catch twenty two because you're not going to be able to make everybody happy because you're going to have some fans who don't want to go back and watch Clone Wars and who don't want to watch, you know, Star Wars Rebels. Um, so it's kind of like the ones who did watch those shows are really going to be invested in this Ahsoka, you know, two episodes right here, the story in general. But then you're going to have those people who really didn't know the backstories and they're going to be kind of like, I want to, they want that backstory feel, you know what I mean? Flashbacks. So it's, they're not going to be able to make everybody happy. I do want a flashback. I do want the one I want is Anakin training her, you know, with that scene that we see uh, in Clone Wars where he's constantly, you know, training her to fight the troopers and they're constantly, you know, stunning her with the blasters. I want to see that in live action and see, you know, Anakin kind of, kind of telling her to do it again you know preparing her for that particular thing that we see of order 66 you know what i mean and how she survives order 66 so it's it's gonna be and there's so much i want to see what about you i've always been really interested in the flashbacks uh yeah. i'm i'm thinking we're gonna get them because due to the fact that they showed hayden uh, pretty much in the same kind of setting that we saw in Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, when they did the flashback there. And we heard the new dialogue that he said to Ahsoka. So we know he recorded stuff, so that pretty much confirms it, even though I really thought that he was going to be Anakin outside of the suit in the show and probably in the suit as well. Um, so that, any Order 66 stuff, I'm super hyped to see. I, I love it. Um, that opening... The, basically, the opening scene, I think, for Obi-Wan Kenobi was so awesome. I think that was maybe, aside from the dueling, the saber dueling, that was the best scene of the show right there. To be at the Jedi Temple, to see the younglings make it out of there, to see all the Jedi die defending, you know, it, that was, like, pretty awesome. And clones in physical armor. That was, like, super cool to see. And I actually befriended one of them on Facebook, actually, Um I'm going to try and see if we can get him on the show, but I think he's one of those guys that's constantly working on Star Wars shows. So they kind of rotate, rotated him in and out of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka possibly. Um, but yeah, all the cool stuff that I think everyone's really anticipating, but the flashbacks for me. If they yeah. do a Clone Wars or Rebels sequence that we've seen in animation and live action that's heavy, heavy action and heavy CGI. That's what I would tell Filoni to, to, to do, 
to to give us that that piece and spend a bit of money on that because I think that's that's going to get so many people hyped and it's going to be wish fulfillment basically for the live action people like me. So, uh, but yeah, before we get any further, I see Evan here. He's in our he's in the chat and uh, he is across the pond. So I have no idea what time it is for him. <laughs> so this whole time change is not going to benefit Evan because. He's going to be in the same situation we were in in America for all the other TV shows. So he's I think he's going to have to wake up really early or just stay up really late to see Ahsoka. But uh, yeah, I just want to recognize all of our patrons here. If you're new watching us on YouTube here, we do have an awesome Patreon channel. Uh, on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Dev McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526 and Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tawatala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much for all your awesome support. And if you're out there watching us live, uh, feel free to ask us questions. Uh, give us your opinions, your, your thoughts for tonight's two-episode premiere. So Evan says it's 1 a.m. now for him. So he's going to get it an hour earlier than I used to get these shows. So I guess he he's kind of like... Um, not really, not Eastern, not Central. I guess Mountain Time, <laughs> the equivalent <laughs> of Mountain Time in the U.S. So okay, it's just the opposite now. So he probably yeah. he probably asked for off. I bet you. <laughs> so he would have to go to work tomorrow. Probably, probably. I, I just want to say it's about time too. It's time for us <laughs> to be able to have a quality night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, for sure, because. Things are getting kind of tough. I mean, I was kind of zombified at work sometimes uh, doing the pre-show and post-show for all the Star Wars shows on Disney+. Plus. But yeah, it's uh, like I like I said, it, it's like they listen to us because we've been kind of talking about that for a while. So what's, what's the next thing that you guys think that Disney, Lucasfilm, Disney Plus should do for the fans to kind of make it easier on us to, to consume Star Wars? I think they, I think they did it. Disney did it in their announcements the last couple of days, finally announcing physical releases for the Mandalorian. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who maybe can't afford streaming services year round and to go with this, go with that option to be able to finally buy these shows on a, on a physical media for them. That's great. And I think that's something that I think a lot of people have been asking for. And even for us that like digital, we still, some of us want that physical cop own that physical copy too because hey guess what if the internet's down i can pop in my dvd and be good to go and then you got your collectors who want to collect like i i still collect like i have it's not the how can i put it i didn't like when they did away with it like best buy and them when they did their exclusive dvds like when mm -hmm. movies came out or a season of an episode or a season of a show came out they would release it and then you know how Target had an exclusive and then you had Best Buy have an exclusive and you kind of determine which one do you want as a collector. I kind of didn't like how they went away from that. Um, but, you know, them releasing that they're going to do the Scarlet Witch, the Loki, you know, WandaVision, you know, in the, you know, DVD sets like this. I'm going to go buy it. You know what I mean? Because as a collector, don't get me wrong, streaming is great, but let's say you, you don't have streaming and you, you just get out of the blue and you want to watch it again and you don't have your service up at that time. You can go watch it, pop a DVD in and watch it whenever you want. So I'm looking forward to it. Disney, you know, is 
doing the right thing. I think the other thing I would like to see, though, is for them to actually make them available to buy on digital as well. Whether it's or even at a, e yeah, even if you buy it and then you can get the digital copy as well. That I always like that feature because then you could download it and watch it on your phone if you're on a trip or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, them putting this on physical media, it, it's a little surprising that they're doing this, but I think the way of streaming and them plateauing as far as making money on that streaming platform has happened. I think this is a logical step to take because a lot of people, a lot of fans want Star Wars on physical media, all the shows. And like Ray said, the Marvel shows are going to slowly trickle out as well as the Star Wars shows. And we're going to get the Mandalorian season one, Mandalorian season two available for pre-order, I believe on August 28th. And we'll be able to have them in their, in our hands, December 12th, I believe. So Coming this holiday season, we'll be able to watch The Mandalorian Season 1 and Season 2 in 4K. The best possible picture, the best possible sound, because I think we all know that physical media is the, the best platform or the best possible way to take in Star Wars at this point. Because it's especially being shot on the volume. I don't know if we'll see more of the volume. I know a lot of people talk about, okay, well... We know they shot the volume. You can actually see kind of like the seams and stuff to, to 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 kind of give away that, okay, they shot on stage on the volume. But, I mean, 4K, it's going to be a different experience. I don't know if you guys have gone through that at all, but when I, when I, I screened uh, The Lord of the Rings for my birthday and I looked at the Apple copy that I had, the, the, the stream version to the Apple 4K TV, and then you look at the 4K disc, the 4K disc is a whole lot sharper. And it's almost going to be like you're going to get to watch a different version of what you know and love in The Mandalorian. I'm super hyped for that. The still book looks great. I like still books. I know there's people that are out there that are huge fans and, like Ray said, huge collectors of still books. I don't mind it either way. Still books are pretty cool, but we're going to have it in our hands. And even if Disney Plus does something like taking the license and shopping it around to different streaming platforms and maybe taking it off of Disney plus eventually we'll still have the physical copies in our hand to watch. So they can't take that away from us. Well, you think about it too, Dave. I mean, like, for example, like let's say if your birthday next year, you want to go, we can watch Mandalorian. Let's say we can watch the first episode of Ahsoka making her first appearance on the big screen. You know, how cool is that going to be to watch it on the big screen? and not just on your TV and you can actually watch it with a group of friends and not right. just at home by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Great, great minds think alike, Ray. So <laughs> I already uh, have scheduled that. I want to do season two, episode one, which is kind of almost like a Mandalorian movie right there. When uh, Mando meets Cobb Vanth and we see Cobb Vanth in the Boba armor. And then you get the big like showdown with the crate dragon and then the very last episode of the season when you get Luke Skywalker swooping in. Oh, yeah. yeah. So those two right there, that's episode one, episode eight of season two. I want to screen that on the big screen. So, oh, yes. So look forward to that, Ray. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm down with you, man. Like I said, this is, I think, an opportunity that's going to help the theater people as well. Because you think of it now, you can rent the theater and you can actually show it and you don't have to worry about... Because that was one of the issues you can't. You can't do right now. Like, 
you can't stream it or because of Lucas and Disney, you can't watch certain things in the theater without their approval, which they're not going to give their approval. And same scenario, like they did with a lot of their old Disney movies, you know, where they put them in the vaults with VHS, like, okay, you can buy them on VHS. But once that's it, once they're stopped, once they're sold, if you don't own it, you can't watch it no more. I wouldn't put it past Disney doing that with, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right in line with, with mine and James's thinking. We did a Patreon daily today for Patreon. It's out, out now if you want to check it out. We talk about Ahsoka for about an hour. But, uh, yeah, we brought that up. I mean, they might bring back that whole scenario of it's coming out of the Disney vault for a limited time. And then when that happens, we're going to put it back in the vault. They did that to us in the 90s for VHS. And I would like tell my parents, I'm like, hey, uh, I think we need to buy this. And then, of course, we ended up never buying it. But, uh, yeah, I remember those days. And that is a definite possibility because the whole streaming wars, I guess you can say, um, they're not making a lot of money anymore. And they got to figure out how to make more money. And the way to do that is to take these beloved shows and shop them to other streamers or shop them to cable or whatever and uh kind of go back to the old like cable model which is kind of terrifying uh and um there's also a couple of articles that were written actually about uh the future of streaming and some of them some of these articles state that the possibility of us having to sign a year-long contract with these streamers is very very likely and inevitable i don't know what are your thoughts on that kyle I think it's uh, the whole streaming thing is actually interesting. I think what Disney's doing with these physical media is actually an experiment to see, okay, where, where do we need to make up? Because I think what we're seeing with streaming is it, it became a necessary thing because of the, what happened with COVID and everything like that. Everybody turned to a streamer and that you couldn't go out. You could, you were locked in. And so streaming took what I call it, it. It's bubble grew big before it was ready to grow. And so everybody was jumping on it. I think if we were if we were just had a normal timeline of streaming, we probably wouldn't be having some of the problems we're having now. But because we had this big COVID streaming explosion, it's it's changed things. And I think when you look at how the income, what's going on in Hollywood right now with the strikes and streaming being a big part of that, I think depending on how they settle on these strikes is going to determine how if we have to make your long commitments to this and it's interesting because how much longer till cable itself is obsolete you have youtube tvs out there you mm-hmm. have talk of espn finally going strictly streaming which would be a, a huge thing depending on what does disney does with espn there's so many things within the in- entertainment industry that are in flux right now i think we're all just kind of sitting on pins and needles waiting for that first shoe to drop and start the domino effect of it all and i it's i think it's one of the most fascinating things that's happening right now is to see which direction things are going to go and i think it's also very scary because it is a lot of the unknown true yeah we're in a very very fluid time right now with uh possible changes everywhere i mean it's it's very much uncharted waters for for these companies um it was kind of a big experiment that Bob Iger kind of took underway in, in 2019. And I think at that point in time, the projections were, was that Disney plus would just grow, 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 continue to grow and maybe overtake Netflix, but that hasn't happened. And a lot of the issues um, are out there that we all, that are all publicized of, of Netflix's difficulties with um, 
them maybe being in debt way too much and promising these films to these filmmakers. But it's it's kind of the, that weird cycle where it hasn't caught up to them, where they're paying more for the money that they actually make, but they're dealing with billions and billions of dollars too. So it's just like when when is the, when is the <laughs> when is the train going to fall off the tracks really for Netflix? It seems like unless they've already figured it out, and I have no idea if if that's actually occurred. But I want to address this right here. Uh, Maka says um, I'm going to have to reboot my Patreon or something because. I haven't been seen or getting any of the new content. So there's another patron today that contacted me um, that's kind of said the same thing. So every podcast we do, uh, every Sunday and every Wednesday, now it's going to be Thursdays, but it might that might change, um, is on Patreon ad-free. They're all there. I think the Patreon app is having issues because I know a lot of people listen uh, via audio. So you might uh, want to just close the app, shut it down completely, and reopen it, because I, I had, uh, I believe, Devin uh, contact me today. So I don't know. They're all there uh, for your enjoyment. But uh, hey, James, welcome, hello. welcome to Tano Tuesday pre-show. Yes, hello. Nice to see y'all. <laughs> Sorry about that loud sounding. I just kicked my desk. But yes, I am here for Tano Tuesday. We are less than two hours away, and this is uh, this is getting exciting. Yeah, for sure. So, Zach, uh, one of our awesome patrons, yes. Uh, do you know where we can pre-order these physical Disney Plus shows? Um, I figure the Disney Store. Uh, I don't think the pre-orders are going to happen until August twenty-eighth. So you got a little bit of time, um, and they're not going to be able to be purchased. I think like physical or actual uh, brick and mortar stores like Best Buy walmart uh until december 12th so see this is this is my this is the thing i think that disney should do to make it more of a collector's market if they do it kind of like they do with the the hasbro where if you buy the figure you either buy it and if you don't buy it only the people who purchase it are going to get it so it makes it more of a collector's item because if you didn't buy it and once they stop making it, you can't get a physical copy anymore. I think that would be better because then that would make it more of a collector's item for the collector. But I mean, like I said, that's just my opinion, but of course they're going to want the money. So how long they would have the pre-orders up. And then if actually they're going to sell it in stores, that'll be another thing. Yeah, that would drive up like eBay pricing and, and oh yeah, yeah. And that yeah it would get it would get ugly quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they already do it now. I mean, look at the people who go to Target and go and scalp all these toys, and they're not buying them because they collect; they're buying them because they want to flip them. You yeah, I mean? yeah. And there's a lot of people that that go to these brick and mortar stores that stake out the the trucks, and the stuff is just gone. And yeah. I, I've talked to employees before, and it's like, hey, why don't you have these certain things? They tell me we did, but there is like a guy that came in and bought it all. Yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, that's that's not good. But... And it bites, man, because you know what? You know they don't care about it like we do. And it just, to me, if you're a true collector, you're gonna you're gonna fork out the money. And I feel like we shouldn't have to deal with scalpers to a certain extent. If we want it, we're gonna buy it. We're gonna pre-order it, and then we don't. Ha- it, it kills out that. That scalper, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
This Facebook user uh, says it's a balancing act of constantly needing to release new content to keep people interested in the streaming service versus overwhelming the audience to cause them to lose interest because of content overload. I totally agree. We're, we just kind of talked about that with Marvel. I mean, uh, James and I today on Patreon Daily, I mean, Marvel's released so much stuff that even myself, I'm a pretty big Marvel fan. I kind of lost interest and just never watched Secret Invasion, the last Marvel show. I was talking to Kyle before the podcast that I was just yeah. never really interested because I mean there's such a saturation of of Marvel content. I know Star Wars really isn't there. We're kind of left wanting a movie every year <laughs> and maybe a series every quarter. But yeah, it it's probably wise to leave the audience wanting more rather than the alternative. So I, I think that's a smart decision on the studio. You always want to leave them wanting more. That's that's kind of a golden rule. There's an interesting sure. thing that's happening, though, right now, too. I, Amazon has canceled a bunch of shows that they had planned on renewing on streaming. But because of the strike and a, and a few other fat and financial factors, they've canceled. And one of those shows was a show I actually really enjoyed called The Peripheral. And that's been that was renewed for season two. And now that Amazon's backstepped that and has canceled the series. And I think. I'm just curious, the longer we go and the deeper we go into these strikes, is that going to start happening with a lot more projects? Are we going to see projects just flat out canceled instead of postponed because, oh, yeah. because of this? And I think that's going to, it's going to make it interesting because as we get thinner and thinner on new content coming out or things getting pushed around to later on because they're trying to spread out the content, how, how that's going to play out too. Because I mean, Disney's not going to pull a Netflix and go sign a bunch of deals with overseas producers to put put stuff like Squid Game and stuff on Netflix. Disney's just not going to do that. And so I think it's, it makes it more interesting than how how powerful is your back library for your streaming, for your people who subscribe to your streaming? How important is that to them? True. Yeah, I, like, I got myself because I've pretty much caught up on everything that I want to watch. It's kind of funny. I ended up on Amazon Prime flipping through and I ended up watching Death Wish, the original. <laughs> That's pretty much how bad it is. I went back to watch something that old on TV. But it it kind of it's kind of like the vinyl. The vinyl went away. They said CD was going to kill it. It went away. And now you've got collectors who are looking for old school vinyl and vinyls coming back in a big wave that nobody predicted so i think i think that's what that's we're going through right now so everything's got to go back to a physical copy release here pretty soon we're gonna go back to vhs (laughs) beta max is on the rebound (laughs) no we're gonna go back to the um what was the the disc remember the big disc Uh, oh yeah the laser disc yeah we're gonna go back to laser disc but all i'm saying i'm just gonna say this i'm glad ahsoka was filmed and completed before mm-hmm. all of this shenanigans started, because yeah. if not, this would have been a huge, huge disappointment for all the fans. If we yeah. were right there and then they were like, oh, uh, we're actually going to have to pull it because it's not, you know, it's not done yet. Um, so I'm really, I'm really glad that Ahsoka was completed and we get to enjoy it and we get to see it. And with these new shows coming out, physical copy, I mean, I might just have to start a new collection now of buying these these things on, you know, so they can all match. And I and yeah. I like things that match. And 
that's that that hurts the wallet really really bad but uh, but like like my toys back here i know i don't have a lot but it was just like i put them all up the other day and i just looked at them and i was like yes these are mine and this is exciting and i just look at them enjoy them same with these i mean but then again like are you gonna actually watch the physical copy or are you just gonna just just easily go to disney plus and just hit okay i'm gonna watch season one of mando now and well, yeah, I was saying right before you joined, James, that the physical 4K copy, it's like a different experience because it's everything is sharper. You can see things you hadn't really noticed before. And I just mentioned when I did the whole Lord of the Rings screening, I tested it on my Apple 4K, streamed it in 4K on my 4K TV. Then I put the 4K disc in. The movie looks totally different. You notice so many other things that you didn't mm. notice before. <laughs> and then, of course, the things that people didn't think of before 4K was invented for the older movies. So you can see like makeup lines and stuff on people. <laughs> so it could theoretically take you out of it. But of course, The Mandalorian, I think, was filmed in either 8 or 16K. So, I mean, it's it's ready for it, man. I mean, they they kind of future proof themselves. Yeah. Watch parties, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I just want to give a shout out to uh legacy nerd here he's going to join us at CadabraCon. uh he's oh, saying yeah. uh, make sure to give these gentlemen a like so yeah if you could please like and subscribe to our channel i think we're like nine or ten away from 1000 subscribers on youtube so if you could get us there tonight we'd really appreciate it uh we had a facebook user ask us what show would you be most disappointed by if the writer strike ending up prematurely killing it off like what happened last time the writer strike happened um Anything Star Wars? I mean, if yeah. I'm just gonna say that if if Mando season four, which we're kind of thinking will happen, might may not happen because it may just end up becoming going into the movie. But if uh, they they have to stop Mando season four, I will be very very disappointed. Um, and then the new um, the the new one, uh, Lando, the Lando series. Like if that one gets shelved because they can't get the pre production going on it, I'm gonna be very disappointed about that one. Very disappointed about that one because that one I think a lot of fans are are excited about now, knowing you know how it's gonna be brought to us and everything and who who's behind and who's writing it. So yeah, Lando and Mando, which <laughs> it's funny are the are the two are the two that I'm kind of hoping they don't just cancel because of this writer strike yeah this writer strike if it stays longer than it is right now a couple of people i've talked with you know they're already saying it's going to push stuff six months behind and that's just to get caught up so the longer the stuff it, it goes the further they're going to have to start because if they can't be writing for these shows so we're looking like we're going to be a probably a year behind playing catch-up so yeah, next year's Oscar season is gonna be very, very strange. Yeah, and very, very um weird. Blue Beetle. Yeah, Blue Beetle <laughs> might swing in and uh well no, I'm saying because that's this year, that which was amazing. It released and everything, but next year, next Christmas, yeah, if yeah. movies aren't being written, movies aren't going into production, there's gonna be no Oscar movies for the final finale of the year. It's gonna be a bunch of indie films that you haven't heard of. So uh, that's that's gonna be a really interesting oh. time. Look, look what's already happening with TV. You have CBS already saying, well, we're just going to air Yellowstone reruns on the main on the main network channel now. I, I, I they, they're, they're, The TV is already struggling for content. And like I said, the, the streamer, the streamers, like except for Netflix, who has all these overseas deals in place. And th thank goodness with uh, House of Dragon, the fact that they 
really all all everybody on that is overseas, so they're not getting affected by the strike. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I know what shows. It, I don't think it'll ever get canceled, but it, the fact it's already being delayed till twenty twenty five is The Last of Us. Yeah, season mm. season two. That's that's just killing me because that that first season was phenomenal, but yeah. I, I don't think HBO will cancel it. But the, the farther the, the farther away we get, we're like I said, we're already, they've already said it'll be twenty twenty five for season two at this point, and that's going to be the other thing. Even those shows that survive, it's going to be so long between from when we lost Sot to then. Are our interests even going to be there to come back to it at that point? Yeah, look True. at Stranger Things. Those guys are going to be in college <laughs> when that when that drops. You know what I mean? I want to be like they're thirty years old running around trying to do this final battle, and um, <laughs> their kids are going to be joining the battle. Yeah, yeah the kids yeah. are going to be in there, and it's not going to make any sense because they're all still supposed to be like like sixteen or seventeen years old when they're all <laughs> they are all pushing like twenty years old right now and they're so, married already and everything yeah and it's like what what's happening so yeah that's you're right that is a bummer so yeah even if it does work a lot, a lot of these things are just going to be pushed back and and that makes me um interested in wondering how the the star wars the, the movies this three movies that we have been kind of promised what's gonna happen with these guys are these gonna get pushed back even further to like 2028 to, tw- to 2031 when these come out i mean well, I mean, there's a way that the studios can pivot. I hate to say it, but uh, <laughs> just hire all all Unity actors from oh, from England. <laughs> Daisy Ridley's already there. I mean, yeah, she's on. already yeah, she's fine. But like uh, other people, you know, what I mean, like I don't know. And, seems... and the directors already struck a deal with uh, with the studios, and they're satisfied. Which it's makes just the laugh. writers and the actors now. Directors were like, I, we just want to work. I think one of the other things that's interesting though is that you follow like all the VFX houses that marvel work and they're unionizing themselves now and as heavy as all these movies and tv projects have become on the vxs artists if something were to happen they unionize and they go on strike hollywood's in real trouble and then yeah. we go and we call phil Tippett back and we call um <laughs> who, who else do we call there's a few other the big guys the that Dennis we call Mirren, back phil Tippett, and then just say all right guys build us some models and build us uh get John Dykstra back there and uh, be like, all right, let's just start making these old fashioned visual effects to make it look really cool. And uh, that'd be really interesting if they, if we have to fall back to that, it's just a weird time. It's just a weird time. But I mean, if you think about it, if they have to fall back to that, they have a new, they have new technology to help them get through it faster. Like 3d 3D printing, you know, all these other components they can use to make, I mean, That's you got so co- you got cosplayers making suit out of that foam stuff, and that looks pretty awesome. Almost looks like the suits from the movie, and these are cosplayers who make it on their own time with their own dime. So it could be done. Yeah, it's possible, and it's just it's just like I guess it's a weird time in our <laughs> in our in, in entertainment. It, it's such a strange time in entertainment, yeah. and. I, I'm just sad that a lot of this stuff's going to slow down next year. And I mean, hopefully we still have a lot of star Wars stuff to talk about and Marvel stuff and everything, you know, DC stuff. I mean, it might, it all might just slow down quite drastically at the yeah. beginning of next year. So that's a bummer, but Hey, the good news is Ahsoka comes on in, in like an hour and a half. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the best thing to happen this month, <laughs> in my opinion. If you don't mind, I actually have a question for you guys. Yeah, what you got? Because how 
how big is the Ahsoka as far as this grand Dave Filoni Padawan that he's been going through working with Favreau and all these other directors to get him to this? This is really, I feel like this is kind of the, this is the apex of the Filoni training that's been going on for the last several years. I really feel like this is going, this is is another reason why Ahsoka is so big is this is, this is, this is the moment for Dave Filoni to see, are you, are you truly going to be able to completely adapt to live action and and carry the, carry the ball? Because that's what he, he, he's been going through this training, training class for (laughs) the last five years on this. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big test, not a test, but this is going to be a big, uh, I guess I will say test to see how, how, if, if Filoni can, do something amazing and have all of us kind of just say he is, he is George Lucas. Like that would be the best compliment. I think he would, he could receive is he is the new George Lucas and star Wars is in good hands. And this, this show is, is going to show that or not. And it's kind of a big deal. You know, it's, it's a lot riding on this thing for him and it's, he's the showrunner. I mean, the Mando was John Favreau. Now Dave Filoni is the showrunner of this. So, We'll see how it goes, and I, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna nail it. I think it's gonna be amazing. I, I honestly think we're gonna get all the cool Star Wars things that we've wanted, and I think we're gonna get some new amazing things that we weren't expecting. And I, I think he's gonna deliver with this. So I, we were talking, we were talking earlier, Dave and I and Kyle. I found this, so we went from Star Wars fan days, and this was number two. And this was when the first movie was coming out. So we went from this, Ahsoka, to live action. So when this first came out, I didn't think it was going to go where it went to where we're at right now. So to say that it was questionable, because a lot of people complained about when this first came out. Yeah. That they didn't like Ahsoka. Yeah. She was a brat and blah, blah, blah. And to say that we actually grew to like this character that was introduced to now, I mean, it... It's so crazy how time has flown, and from this to now, live action. Did you guys ever think this would happen? I no. Like when, when <laughs> I when I first so when I first saw that 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 preview back in what was it oh eight when uh, Star Wars uh, the Clone Wars came out, I remember being like, "What is this? Why does it look like this? Who's this guy with a hat talking about Star Wars like he knows what's happening?" I was like, I haven't, and it was Dave Filoni, but I was just, you know, because they they did a whole, I don't know if they still do it, but like before the movie start, they show like a behind the scenes or something, and they did one for Clone Wars, and I just remember shaking my head going, that's not Star Wars, what is this? This is weird. And again, the guy with the hat, I'm like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. This is this is awkward. And then they were like, you know, Anakin's new apprentice. I'm like, how does he have an apprentice? There's She was not mentioned at all in anything, and so I was so anti- clone wars for years and then finally like maybe eight or nine years ago i said let me try it out and and then i was just like okay okay and then the seasons progress and i was just like oh my gosh this is amazing why was i so against this and then rebels comes out and you're like oh my gosh this is incredible you see her again older and you see the fight between her and vader and i was like this is amazing like this is the stuff like of dreams. Like this is incredible. And then in season two of Mando, whenever Bo-Katan says there, you'll find the Jedi 
there you'll find Ahsoka Tano. And I was like, wow, it happened. Like we went from what to everybody cheering that this was happening. And Ahsoka is she I think she is a legacy character. That's what I told David earlier. I think she's become a legacy character in Star Wars. And this show is going to just introduce her to more more fans, people who were kind of like, oh, I'm not going to watch the cartoon. People are going to go start going back and rewatching the cartoons or watching the cartoons for the first time to see what it was all about. And I think this show is going to create a lot more Star Wars fans. I mean, Grogu created a whole new generation. I think yeah. this show is also going to do the same thing for Star Wars. And I'm excited. I think it's I think it's fantastic that that happened for the character and for Dave Filoni as well. I think one of the interesting things with Ahsoka, too, for Star Wars fans, I think more than any other character, she's the character we've been on with for an entire journey. With with Luke, we still didn't really necessarily, when the first film came out, we were meeting him as he's uh, late late in his teen years. We don't know about what he experienced with there. And with Ahsoka, it's basically, here she is, a young, basically a young child coming in as a Padawan to fully formed of what she is now as we go into this Ahsoka show and what we've experienced with Rebels. And so I think there's, it was kind of one of those things where, and she won us over. It wasn't, Oh my God, we instantly liked her. She won us over. And I think that's what makes us more attached and emotional with, with this character is because this, this is a character that won us over genuinely, not just, Oh my God, this character right out of the gate is just super cool and everything like that. And we're in we become more invested into Ahsoka's story. Yep. And there was like, two points in time for me that I was very, very nervous for Dave Filoni. It was the first, the very first episode of the Mandalorian knocked it out of the park. The second time was his episode where he introduced the live action Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi. Um, and he knocked that out of the park. His pick of Rosario Dawson, which was like a fan cast that he approved. Rosario Dawson was totally 100% in on playing Ahsoka. She's totally invested. That episode is a phenomenal episode. Um, from all the reports we've gotten, uh, the two episodes are great. Um, so I'm really not worried at all. And like Kyle said earlier, I think this is a jumping off point for Star Wars into the next era in star wars and we're going to be introduced to different things uh the outer rim the unknown regions i mean anything can be out there really and there, there's a lot of creative story potential that dave can create or uh, pull from legends um i mean there's an infinite amount of ways and cool things that we can see and experience in star wars and i think dave filoni is is essentially the George Lucas um, for Star Wars because he was the apprentice and now I think he's the master. The only issue is who's his apprentice? We don't know that. Is there an apprentice? I mean, always two there are, right? I mean, where's, <laughs> where's the other one? Where, where's that other person? Who's it going to be? I don't think it's Favreau unless Favreau has changed his mind or wants to be in star wars for the rest of his career i mean that'd be cool but that'd be crazy it feels like favreau is eventually going to leave us and maybe do other projects on the side uh, but it, it feels like feloni is a lifer but it is possible that feloni leaves too but he needs nah, that he ain't going nowhere no he's not going, <laughs> he's not going it, nowhere. 
if anything, Favreau has always kind of felt like to me he was brought in to kind of give some mentorship to Filoni about handling a big handling a big franchise on the live action side and help Filoni kind of be the guide for Dave to get really into the live action. Because I mean, you think about Favreau; he brought us Iron Man. He helped create the MCU, MCU, and so yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. And I couldn't think of anybody better to help Dave get adjusted from going to pretty much working only in animation to getting to live action. And I think that he's been a great mentor to Dave and really shown him a lot of, a lot of things and got him ready for this moment. So I got a quick question to ask you guys. This is something that I've always been conversation I've had with other friends of mine, how they say there's always two, but if that's the case in the video game, and then you've got, you know, same thing with the Star Wars, the first episode. You got Anakin, who's the apprentice to the Emperor. But yet, once he becomes Vader, or the Emperor had, you know, at that before Anakin, of course, was Dooku. Mm -hmm. And then Dooku had Darth. So, I take it there's two of them, and there's always that person has an apprentice as well. That's never bought up. You know what I mean? So there's always like Vader had in the video game, you know, Starkiller. So is that something that's always, there's always that other one, but that, that's never really mentioned? I, because, because Dooku had uh, Ventress, had Asajj Ventress yes. during okay, Clone yes. Wars. So if you remember, there are episodes where he's like, we can take over. And it's almost like he's he's keeping her like a secret, if yeah, you may. Right, right. And and then Asajj Ventress then gets uh, Savage Opress to then kill Dooku. So it feels like there are always two, and it feels like the apprentice is always trying to hide their apprentice at all times. Yeah, exactly. Because the yeah. ultimate goal is to kill the master to to then they become. And and it's really funny because it's like, well, you know how it's going to end for you. Like you're going to train your apprentice, and then they're going to get an apprentice, and they're going to try to kill you, <laughs> right? It, it, and it, that's it the fifth a, way, and they know it's, that it's a really strange, it's a really weird way that they do it. But I mean, yeah. but it it kind of solves a lot of problems. Unless the master kills the apprentice first, which is what Palpatine kind of did when he brought in Anakin over Dooku. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he wanted to just keep on exchanging them, and then I guess Palpatine figure out a way how to inhabit whoever struck him down to take over that body or whatever and, and find the fountain of youth or whatever. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like never ending in a way. Yeah. It's clones. Lots and lots of clones. Just clones. <laughs> I, I will say one of my favorite episodes of clone wars was when Sidious came to fight Darth Maul and Savage Opress and just like, just destroyed to the point where Maul is begging for Sidious to stop. And I was like, that is an end incredible like that yeah that line. that was yeah that was, that was a pretty cool episode that was awesome <laughs> you know so um and then, of course there's that there's that whole theory which was uh, so david the whole thing that palpatine was a double wielder was that a retcon that that uh dave filoni tried to say like the reason like he had another lightsaber and then like i don't know it was something to the effect of whenever anakin turned on his lightsaber to him in revenge of the sith you see palpatine's hand kind of twitch to his side and people say like he had his lightsaber ready in case Anakin tried anything and then Filoni right. then went back through and said okay he's going to be a double wielder that's why he he was never worried about Anakin turning the lightsaber on him because he always had 
that lightsaber ready to go in case something happened. And same thing with Mace Windu. Like, he wasn't going to let Mace Windu kill him because he had the other lightsaber ready to yeah, go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure if it was like a retcon, but I think it was just never discussed that, that Palpatine was a true dual wielder. And you figure at that level of power as a dark side user, as a Sith, I mean, you figure he'd be able to dual wield no problem. So, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, it, it get <laughs> people think it's a retcon, but it was just never talked about. Never, just yeah. like Ahsoka. Yeah. I mean, she's never <laughs> talked about, but I mean, she was there. There's, there's so many s- gulfs of time that Star Wars just skips, which is great for storytelling purposes for the future because you can always insert things and weave it into the to the grander story, which, which is we're one still of the doing things about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still doing it. There's still gaps that we can still add stuff, add really cool stuff, and that's the beauty of Star Wars. And yeah. I don't like it when people start complaining about that. It's like. We have them young right now. Let's utilize the actors we got before they get too old and they can't do it. So bring yeah. in the prequel guys. Bring in Natalie Portman. Let's do this. Let's get this thing over with. So when they do age out, it's okay because we already got them back. And Disney wants to make money. Lucasfilm is is going strong. So let's do the thing now. So it's crazy. I've been seeing on TikTok, a lot of people are saying they're sad because this is the last time we'll see Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. And I I, I disagree with that. I think I think we're going to be seeing Hayden Christensen a lot more going forward. I think there's going to be a lot more shows that are going to be popping up. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't understand why people are like, this is going to be the last time we see Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. It's like, nah, he's he's going to be coming back. Yeah, we talked about in the last podcast his his just footprint at Dallas Fan Expo. He was the only celebrity that had his own building for people to go to to sign, and you waited in a building, and it's like wow, it's like he had he's that popular now, and of course Lucas from Disney is going to see that and be like, yeah, we need to put him in more things. His reception that he got in London at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> Sorry, we just read a really funny comment. Anakin Skywalker is afraid of the sands of time. But yeah, Celebration London, Celebration Anaheim. Even I mean, Anaheim, yes. I, I I honestly thought the the the, the ceiling was going to collapse because of everybody screaming. Like even when he came out for the Star Wars show, like yeah. everybody just ran. Just like, and then when they saw him, they everybody started screaming. It's he's he's such a loved character and a, and an a loved actor by the whole community. That yeah, it's. I, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see him. And of course, everybody, like we said the other day, everybody was like, oh my gosh, Hayden Christensen's going to be in Ahsoka. And we're over here like, yeah, like, of course he was going to be like, there's no way you do a Ahsoka show without including Anakin Skywalker. And um, of course, David and I are crazy. So we know all that stuff. And we were just kind of confused why everyone else freaked out. <laughs> we were like, it, it, it was it was the whole Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which was, it would have been weirder if he wasn't in there. That would have been the bigger story if Liam Neeson wasn't in Obi-Wan Kenobi. People were like, do you think he's going to be in there? I was like, no, if he's not in there, that's, that's where you should be worried about, but no. (laughs) And then of course I heard from a, um, a source that they, they were on set and they did see um, Hayden Christensen and I'm not going to say who it was, but they, they did tell me that that's what happened. So. Damn. Hayden Christensen's so, gonna be in Ahsoka. <gasps> what? Wait, you're gonna have you're gonna have an Ahsoka show that mentions Anakin Skywalker? Really? <laughs> but, but wasn't it? 
correct me if I'm wrong, David. Didn't Rosario Dawson just like tweet it out because yeah. she had yeah. heard about it, but yeah. it yeah. wasn't even confirmed? <laughs> and and then like it was, and then it was like Lucasfilm was like. Yeah, he's in there. I mean, we were trying to keep it a secret, but I guess Rosario Dawson just told everybody. But it wasn't can, even can like we, they, they hadn't even confirmed we, I, it yet. I think we can forgive her for having a Tom Holland moment. <laughs> <laughs> and with Star Wars, that's totally like we're still excited about it. You're not going to spoil anything crazy for us. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're still going to like if, if she would have dropped that before, like months and months ago of Hayden Christian, I walked on the stage for the Ahsoka's, you know, panel at celebration like everybody would have just been lost their minds but it wouldn't have spoiled anything we all would have just been super excited and the hype level would have just gone up even more and that's the thing about star wars is you give us stuff we're gonna hype it up you're not you're not killing anything for us we're still gonna go watch and be extremely hyped for it yeah yeah i definitely so, do think we're gonna see some things with hayden so we're i have a question do 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 they figure out a way to give Ashley Eckstein a cameo in Ahsoka? Mm, that's oh, that would be yeah, that would be cool. I feel like you have to. I feel like yeah, somehow. I think she's in it. She maybe could have been on our bingo card. <laughs> maybe maybe like maybe another Jedi or possible Force sensitive. You know what I mean? What about even if they have some kind of younger Ahsoka and she is the voiceover for that younger Ahsoka in a flashback? Oh, that would that, be that's cool. a that's a good possibility right there. I, I you know it's Filoni. I can see him finding some way to get to get her in there. You know what I mean? Like some because he got he had the voice of Anakin in. Um, I mean, he didn't direct the episode, but a Mandalorian that, that actor was was in there and everybody was like oh my gosh that's a cool cameo that he's there i i have a feeling feloni is going to figure out some way for her to be in the series and we're just gonna have to keep our eyes open how it all how it all plays out so yeah yeah i know ashley Eckstein was kind of devastated when she wasn't cast as live action ahsoka um and that was that was kind of an interesting situation um but i mean when you have the option of casting Rosario Dawson and she really wants to do what she really wants to, she's invested into that character. It's kind of hard to say no um, at that point. But I mean, Ashley Eckstein, I mean, she's huge in the star Wars community. She's done the voice for Ahsoka and all of animation. And she's a big part of star Wars. And then she has her clothing line, her branding line, her universe. And she's always at celebration She's always doing signings. She's always at conventions. She is very much a huge part of Star Wars. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, Ashley, uh, you're welcome on the show. Um, yes, definitely. Come yes. to the show, Ashley. You're always welcome. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And yeah, I I didn't even think about her as a cameo. That's that's a great call, Kyle. I think we are going to see her as a cameo, actually. She, she's going to have something to do with the show. A lot of her social media stuff and interactions with Rosario um, uh, have been have been pretty cool. Uh, I think the, the the few cons they've been to together, they've done teamed up photo ops with fans. So you have Ashley on one side and Rosario on the other uh, as an Ahsoka uh, Ahsoka photo op. And the best one though was when um, 
that that woman was dressed as Ahsoka and they did the finger pointing. Oh yeah, picture. yeah. <laughs> that was the great that's one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen in my life. Where <laughs> she's pointing at them and then Ahsoka, and then uh, Ashley Eckstein and Rosario Dawson are pointing at each other and I was like, Wow, that is incredible. And yeah, Ashley Eckstein is like really supportive of Rosario Dawson doing this. And Rosario like you said, Rosario Dawson is also extremely grateful for what for what Ashley Eckstein did for the for that character. So I'm glad that there's no bad blood between them. You know what I mean? Like there could have easily been a actually, I could have been like, well, I mean, they could have put me there. I mean, they could yeah. have done like just off com- like little side comments about it. But, um, but yeah. Somebody yeah. And, she- and also, also don't feel too bad for Ashley Eckstein. I mean, she's, she's pretty well off. She's uh, actually married to uh, David Eckstein, who's a world series <laughs> MVP and played for years for the Cardinals. And uh, yeah, he got a major league baseball salary. So, and then she has her own company. So, um, and they live in Orlando. I know a lot of information about Ashley next time. For I was going to say, hey, what else do you know about her? <laughs> I actually know some other stuff that uh, I probably shouldn't mention. Uh, but uh, yeah, Colin told me because Colin was essentially her neighbor <laughs> in Orlando. Well, I kept I, running I, into her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Ashley is at this point probably one of the top five representatives of Star Wars. Yeah, in the community. Yeah. True. Yeah, I agree. I She's one of the big faces. Way. Yeah, I like that. I totally agree. So we so, are less than an hour away right now because it's got to drop ten minutes before you know eight o'clock. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't crash. Because <laughs> that's you know, the fear. You weren't supposed to that's say that, Ray. Hey, you just jinxed that. it. <laughs> Why would you, you are from the dark side, sir? I'm just saying. <laughs> Is that why you're wearing all black? Yes, that's why I'm wearing all black. Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, okay, one of the things I really want to see, and I really hope we get it, is a flashback with Freddie Prince. That's what I really, really want to see. That one flashback with Hera and, you know, him and the holding ghost, that. Yeah. yeah, that thing. I can get that man. I get goosebumps. I can tell you right now. <laughs> so yeah, we can talk to that a little bit because Freddie Prince Jr. has already said he is not coming back to Star Wars. He did not come back to Star Wars. He keeps on saying that. It makes me think he came back to Star Wars and he filmed that <laughs> scene, Ray. I'm hoping. I am hoping. I'm hoping that that happens. Or but some he's, form. He, he's had some weird interviews lately. And his wife yeah. is in Star Wars too. Yes. That's right. But but here's, 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 here's the other thing you have to remember about Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. though is that this is a guy who is not only a huge professional wrestling fan he has actually written for professional wrestling so if anybody knows the difference between pulling one over on somebody and understands the <laughs> dynamic of it it's Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. True. <laughs> that's that's really true. I never thought about it that way. But I remember he was saying like. Dave Filoni helped film the 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 hallways the Vader hallway scene in Rogue One, and and it was like no he he wasn't there because that was I think that was shot in Australia if I'm not correct no that was and shot in London shot in London or in England somewhere somewhere Probably somewhere and studios. they were they were talking about that and I was like I don't know and I don't know it was just really strange that he would say that like Dave Filoni was there when they shot the hallway scene in in Rogue One and. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yes, I hope you guys will be back. Some pumped to have a weekly adventure. Oh, thank you so much. I like his profile picture. It looks like he's there at Galaxy's right. Edge on Rise of the Resistance. One of the best experiences at Disneyland. I have oh, to this... go. I have not been there yet. Oof. 
I, so the, so, so we had this I've crazy Disney world. It's been at Disney world. I worked at Disneyland. So I, I got to walk in between those guys. Nice. It's nice. really funny. Okay. Humble I'm going to, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to say it. it. It's so funny how just like, I'm not just like trap doors. There are, if you may like at Disneyland, not just in the, that area, but just everywhere you're walking and you just open a door and then there's just a regular hallway in a break room right there. And, just <laughs> eating, like, oh, hey. and, and uh, I heard stories of, of guests who had walked, through the wrong door and they're just like what and it's just this break room with a vending machine and everybody in their costumes like oh you went through the wrong door you gotta go that way and uh so that's uh i'm not gonna say anymore because i don't know colin gets mad at me when i talk about this so. end of the disney magic yeah there's a lot of things but anyways um but yes thank you very much for listening to us yeah thanks Peacock. joshua thank you and i uh, hope you're excited like we are and uh david released posted something about how to prepare for ahsoka which is to get your get your drink get your star wars shirt get your buddy and get your snacks your star wars snacks and just and just enjoy it you know what i mean like do y'all do y'all have your star wars shirt that you're going to be wearing for ahsoka or no i have my traditional star wars stuff. there you go it's waiting to be released before yeah we don't want any spillage or accidents or anything like that oh Like it's 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 being protected right now. We're not gonna. Yeah, see, uh, Kyle's loth cat's lounging right now. So hopefully, <laughs> I they... saw that early. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, yes, don't forget your bingo card. Uh, we we posted it on our Instagram and our Facebook. So uh, yes, whoever can get them get four there in a row. Four, yeah, there it is. Um, message us right away, and when you get the four in a row, and. Uh, and you'll win a really, really nice prize. Just gonna say that. Yeah, I'll just go over it for the people that have uh, joined us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook uh, that normally don't join us. So we have a bingo card. Anyone can play. The way it works, it's the bingo card is the same for everyone in the world. Um, you just have to have a North American mailbox for us to ship the prize to. So if you get a normal bingo, four across, four up, four down, four diagonally, you get a bingo. All you have to do is report that to us. Say, hey, bingo. And then we'll look at the timestamp. If it's simultaneous, we'll see who chimed in with bingo first. And then we'll uh, verify the card. If uh, all the judges, all the co-hosts of Star Wars of Podcasts agree on the bingo, uh, you will win the prize. And the prize is actually the Ahsoka Tano Black Series lightsaber uh, that got announced by Hasbro Pulse. So any which way. And if you cannot, if it's impossible to get a traditional bingo, we'll count four corners. If that's not possible... All the spots that were called out or shown in the show are valid. So um, Kevin, who's seen the, the, the first two episodes at the Soka fan event, actually told us that there's maybe more than one spot that can be highlighted uh, from tonight's <laughs> premiere. So um, keep on the lookout. Not 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 a bingo, but I mean, there might be a couple of spots out there. So just keep. I'm that surprised in mind. we didn't put Tatooine on there. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like like the mandatory? For... <laughs> it, it seems like it. It seems like we're always gonna go back to Tatooine in some some capacity. And uh, you ask, you bring that up to Ray or Brooke in our podcast, and they'll let you. They'll 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 yeah. They they hate yeah. Tatooine, and it's so funny. I will say this though, I do know a little something. So, and I know it through someone that knows an actor. And it's okay. I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but it is tattooing centric that we're going to see on the show. 
Are we it's not going to be Tatooine per se. It could be on Tatooine, but there is something very, very Tatooine centric that's going to appear in Ahsoka. R four, R four is very vague. I, I get... can't say anything. All right, thank you, thank you for not saying anything. <laughs> I'd be really, really upset if you're like R four would be cool. He got his moment, man. Gosh, R four, man, can you imagine? Like just this droid that explodes in a new hope and now like all yeah. these years later has a moment yes, and somebody exactly. says show me sand, sand. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I, I think we'll see it at Brooke? some point was that Brooke? I think that's Brooke no, I'm just kidding <laughs> I think it's Brooke Weaver chiming in here just the fist comes through the through the computer and punches, punches us <laughs> so, so here's, a, here's a question I have guys I mean, obviously we have so many characters who are being imported for the first time from animation to live action which character are you most intrigued by or most excited to see make their debut in live action? Well, for me, it's it's Chopper. To see yeah. Chopper being the, the psycho that he is, <laughs> live action, is yeah. so exciting for me. Just those few clips they released of him, I'm like, they got him. He is, that's Chopper. Just that sassy crazy war criminal of a droid you know like it's it's awesome and that's yeah. what i'm most looking forward to same <laughs> chopper, yeah I mean, i'm definitely exactly. interested in seeing chopper uh but for me i think i'm really interested to see what sabine's arc is gonna be mm. and from everything i've heard natasha Luberdizzo knocks out of the park of sabine she's a standout so i'm super excited for her and her star wars career um and all those uh kind of hints that maybe she is force sensitive and if not force sensitive maybe she's just great with the blade great with the sword so i want to see what feloni kind of does with with all of that and it feels like sabine's gonna have a major part to play in the show and then can we all just admit that this is season five of rebels called yeah, us over. i think like, i think i think I've, I've heard yeah, so many like it's not the continuation i'm like it's the it's season five of yeah. rebels like it's yeah. It, like don't don't stop pretending it's not because everyone's <laughs> back everyone's there and you know going back to Man, uh dave filoni's episode in season two they dropped the name thrawn like do you remember that that was insane when she said where is grand admiral thrawn i remember i yelled i was like oh my like i'm like it's it's all happening and then now we get to experience it you know these these next few weeks but yeah, when they dropped Thrawn's name, I was like, oh man, they have this thing planned out for quite a few more years of how it's all going to come together. And and I'm excited. There's another one. I'm excited to see yeah. Thrawn. You just hit my magic I button. Yeah. <laughs> Thrawn has been the character I am most excited because I think he's also the most challenging character because he's so important. He's so many different things to star wars fans and obviously he's going to be a character that's going to have a long game in this live action universe going forward but yeah i i think thrawn is going to be just even hearing the mention of him in the last season of mandalorian when with with the shadow council even and you're just like you just yeah. kind of get that tingle in your tingle in your spine going and you're like <laughs> oh it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be it's going to be epic. And yeah. it, it, are they going to able to be able to pull off Thrawn on to that Emperor Vader level villain that he should be? 
I I think uh, Lar- Lars Mickelson mm-hmm. is he has I mean he has the voice and that voice is yeah. just you hear it and you're like oh that guy's evil that guy's up to no good um I think he's gonna deliver and it's gonna be amazing because I remember seeing him in House of Cards and he was also in um an ep- a episode of Sherlock and just I don't know just the way his mannerisms are the way he speaks and how he's very subtle with, but what he's saying is is pretty pretty big. I, I think this is going to be a new type of villain that we are not used to seeing in Star Wars. And oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a hit. I think he's going to, he may become one of the greats as well up there with, you know, I'm not going to say up there, but I think he may become one of the greats uh, with the villains. So I'm, I'm excited to see him pop. And then the fact they got him to play the part. I mean, I know we have been talking for years. Who's got to play Thrawn? I've been saying from the beginning, I was like, it has to be Lars Mingle. Like he's already doing the voice. He kind of already looks like Thrawn. I mean, he's a tall, very, very thin person. I mean, and I was like, he's got the voice. He's, he's not old. He's a fairly young, young guy. I'm not, not young, young, but you know what I mean? He's not an old, old guy. So it was perfect. And when they announced him, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, I think it's gonna be pretty cool to see him. No, he's gonna be. He's kind of. He's gonna be to me like an evil genius because he studies, you know, the people he, either, his opponents. He likes to know their his opponents' weaknesses. So I think he's gonna be that character that we're not expecting. He's gonna be a different evil. And here's here's a great question. How is this? I know we're getting a movie, but. <laughs> How does Thrawn's arc and everything going to lead into The Force Awakens? Like how what he's doing going to lead into what's going to happen later in The Force Awakens? Like I, I, I'm just really, really curious how they're going to tie it all together. Maybe we actually see the actual Battle of Jakku. Maybe they work it in that. Yeah. That'd be maybe that's the finale battle that we've all been thinking about like maybe that's what Filoni's movie is going to be is the, the Jakku battle yeah that it's possible well and that would be bad I mean it'd be crazy if that's where you know Ahsoka falls that would be hard to see I don't want to see that happen yeah yeah I th- I don't I don't think the fandom is ready to see that yet <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> I'm not I'm not I don't want to see that happen at all but it's, I know it's, it's eventually going to happen but god don't want it so we gotta I, wait. I think yeah after the season of ahsoka that we get th- these eight episodes i think we're gonna get her in something else at least but i mean you think back to her lineage and she was created by george and and filoni i think filoni wants to keep her around a little bit longer it's gonna be tough for i think filoni to, to let her go eventually of course we have that scene in the rise of skywalker where ray hears all the jedi voices and we hear Ashley Eckstein's voice as Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and everyone was like well wait a minute if we heard her voice that means she's she's become one with the force so at what point did she become one with the force we don't know and then I think people started to realize well that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean she's not around you would maybe think that because I mean she's a huge part of Star Wars and she maybe would have helped with the rebels and have been around in that time period but she would have been really really old i mean she would have been as she would have been older than luke skywalker right i mean it's and luke was was very old at that point so yeah it, it's tough to say clouded the future is 
<laughs> yep. Sorry about that. What I what I miss? Just kidding. <laughs> Ray wants to know: Does Ahsoka die? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not tonight. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the craziest twist ever? If, like she dies. The oh, first, dude! Like, the oh, second man. episode, we're just like, what? Like everything we've seen in all the That's trailers the is just the first two episodes. <laughs> oh is, like, is he gonna pull? Is he gonna pull West Craving on us, where he kills off, you know, Drew Barrymore in the first scene? <laughs> and and then and then now they have to now they definitely have to find Ezra because Ezra and then can go to the, the world between worlds and then he can go and find her and pull her out and she's yeah there's <laughs> out right there yeah so I mean that there's more of a probability probability of that happening now James because yep. you can actually go into the world between worlds pull her back out save her yeah so somebody <laughs> somebody figured it out I I do want to <laughs> I, I I do want to point out to people too. Make sure you take the time to enjoy Ray Stevenson's performance in this show. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yes. He's he. It's a it's it's tragic that he's no longer with us, but yeah, he is a phenomenal actor. If this is your first chance to really get exposed to him, enjoy it because I think he's going to put in a phenomenal performance in this show. Yeah, yeah and, and the camaraderie on set too. I, I think Rosario Dawson sh- shared pictures of them hanging out after after shooting ahsoka and it seemed like they all bonded and maybe there was like a continuation for for balen's goal ray stevenson's character and just the look of him too i mean he looks like a, a terrifying figure which is what he's supposed to look like i think i think that's the um that's the goal that's the aim to make him look like an opposing figure to, to go up against ahsoka we've seen it in the commercials and then he has like the orange lightsaber and apparently he has an apprentice too in Ivana Sotno's character, Shin Hati. So, and, um, and the names too, I think we haven't really talked about their names much on the podcast, but they, those two names, uh, Balin and Shin are derived from two wolves from ancient wolves, right? Dave Filoni, uh, from ancient <laughs> yeah. Norse mythology. There were two wolves that were tasked, I think by Odin to devour the sun and the moon to start Ooh. Ragnarok. So that's like the ancient mythology that uh, uh, has to deal do with their names, and of course Merrick as well um, is another uh, wolf name from ancient mythology, and Merrick is also the name of Embo's pet, who is is also a wolf in animation. So Filoni works in the wolves all the time, and he's a big fan, I guess, of wolves. So yeah, and then you have Wolf. And uh, the clones, the Clone mm-hmm. Wars, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what's what's going on there. Uh, well, how that all ties, we all know it ties in somehow, some way, and it's it's not an accident. But yeah, definitely, I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. Uh, Ray Stevenson uh, tragically passed, and this is this is his final performance, and um, he looks he looks like he did a fantastic job. And I can't wait to see. And I think we're going to see him tonight. I think we're going to see him in oh. less than an hour. So uh, maybe not episode one, probably episode two. I don't know. I have no idea. But I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some of the bits that we saw in the commercials um, and uh, see him dueling with a lightsaber. Two force-wielding, force, uh, force users wielding lightsabers dueling. I, I think we, we're going to get more of that than we got in the sequel trilogy in this series alone. So that's going to be super interesting. 
Yeah, because even even Dave Filoni said, you know, the fans know what a good lightsaber fight is, what what a, you know, and what a bad yeah. one is. So he goes, we did our best to make sure we did the best lightsaber fights you can see. And um, it's just, oh my gosh, like, what, what are do you think the faces before the show are gonna change? You know how they do the. Oh yeah, are we gonna are we gonna get? Oh, there's Ahsoka's gonna be there. Yeah, there's. Oh my gosh, and then. And then, like, have they are, ever are, done a humanoid face before? They haven't actually, so it would be interesting if if this time around they did. And let me ask you this question: Do you think Filoni's going to change that formula up since it's his show? Like he's going with the red Lucasfilm logo. Yeah, now. he already changed the logo. And, and so I'm wondering if 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 he's gonna if he's gonna switch some things up, like his like for his style and everything, and maybe go back to that traditional feel of star wars when it starts because you remember that uh what was that episode of the clone wars season seven whenever the logo came up and it just said lucasfilm and the old school like lucasfilm logo. i remember i was like oh man this is gonna be cool and then the 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 theme started and it was almost like feloni was like this is a movie i'm what we're about to do right now is a film and just sit back and watch because this is going to be amazing i'm wondering if he's going to do that with this man we're going to find out here very soon but what are well, your thoughts? Do you think he's going to tweak a few things at the beginning? I would want to hear, because I don't know if you remember, remember the narration of how in Clone Wars there's always <laughs> Tom King. <laughs> yeah. I that, If they could bring that to the opening scene for this, that would be crazy. That would be nuts. But, you know, they, they didn't do it for Rebels, though. That's the problem was it wasn't there for Rebels. So I don't know if he would if he would do it for, for this. But that would be so great. He's yeah, like, dude. Ahsoka Tano, we find her on the blah 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 blah, and then yeah, you know, and uh, who is it? Colin on the podcast, he does that like perfect. He can do perfect impression of of the uh, intro of the Clone Wars. That intro. would be cool if they. That'd that. be really cool. And um, I, and David and I talked earlier on the Patreon episode, which is to hear the music, to hear the iconic Ahsoka yeah. theme, but then also to hear other Star Wars themes being being woven in that's going to be something incredible too so it, oh man it's so cool and then and then, okay i'm gonna just say this i really hope grogu does does not show up I don't, in the series no, i think i i, I no. think he's he, he he's on a well-deserved vacation but yes. another thing i'm looking forward leave to leave him is, there um the return of the 10th doctor or david Tennant. Yes, that too. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, for, I keep forgetting about David Tennant being in there. Yeah, that'd that's be right. cool. When I when I Clone Wars, when I had heard that he was coming out in it as a Doctor Who fan, I was so stoked because he's a big he's a Star Wars fan in himself. So for him to get that role, wow. you know, and for as a Doctor Who fan to hear his voice in the robot. And then also him working with the the younglings to create their lightsabers. That was freaking cool. And then when they first saw the trailer here and you hear him, let's get started. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, Filoni's got to give us the goods, man. He's going to deliver the goods for this, this show. And I'm, I am in, insanely hyped for it. I, I think <laughs> I'm dangerously hyped for this series because I don't want it to disappoint me, but I'm really, really excited. Um, uh oh, Evan is having trouble with Patreon as well. Works for me now, though. Okay, good. Never mind. He solved it. Okay, yeah. great, great, great. Interesting. I wonder but, what um, they. I know they've done some updates. I know 
now that uh, Patreon actually has a partnership with our host, Spotify. So we'll be able to do some interesting things here in the future with that. But yeah, I, everyone's complaining, I think, about the app. They can't see some of our posts. But yeah, like I said, all of our podcasts we do, um, when you're a Patreon member, you're going to get them ad-free audio and video. So um, I think that's a big benefit to be on our, our Patreon. And it's only $5 uh, a month to get that. So uh, hop on that if uh, if you want to get us ad-free. And we talk about Star Wars stuff nonstop. Different people from different parts of the country, different ages, different races, different generations. So, And then we have awesome uh, co-hosts as well, guest co-hosts. So, like Kyle from the Phantom Podcast Network, as well as Kevin. And, of course, Ray, um, who I pretty much consider as part of the podcast. So, he's a little different. <laughs> but So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a really cool time to be uh, into Star Wars right now and uh, taking a lot of our content. And um, I know Colin, Christian, Star, Cap, uh, Hunter, Josh are all doing Clone Wars commentaries as well as Rebels commentaries. So those will be on Patreon as well. So if you want to listen to those and watch a little bit of the shows, I know I have to cut out a lot of it uh, for uh, copyright reasons, but uh, yeah, you can hang out with them and, and get their thoughts on the shows. But yeah, it's it's a great time. Uh, Colin likes to refer to this time of year as Star Wars season. We're back in Star Wars season because we have a live ongoing show in Star Wars that we're going to look forward to every week. And now during the day, essentially, oh, so great <laughs> during the time while I'm while I'm awake, and then I can function the next day. Yeah, uh, there's actually enough time to even rewatch it. Yeah, <laughs> you can you Which can rewatch without having do. to stay up, you know, super or you know, stay up all night and then have to go to work the next day. It's just so great that we get to experience it in the day. Like the sun is still out right now. Like for me, like I'm, the sun is still shining. And it, it, we're less than 30 minutes away from it dropping. So, like I said, everybody, if you don't, if you want to avoid the the clutter, get on there 10 minutes early, and then you'll it'll be there ready I, for you to watch. I, I know my loft cap behind me has definitely had a power nap and is much is very much ready for the show now. So yeah, I, what, what's <laughs> nice. your what's your loft cat's name? I see I see it back there. Uh, I have Stripesy there, but if you look behind me behind the chair, his oh, brother geez. is hanging out right. <laughs> <laughs> those cats live in their best lives man. i love it you can't yeah. see i have my dog asleep i have a plush grogu um and she's asleep on the grogu and so that's where that's where my dog's at right now sleep next to him and i actually and, have uh, mittens right here nice. say hi mittens <laughs> the easiest one to clean up after <laughs> he usually talks when i don't want him to but i don't know he's shy right now or something come on you can talk. Do it. You do it randomly and scare the stuff out of me. <laughs> uh, shot right now. That's amazing. So let me ask you this question, David. Are we going to get a season two of Ahsoka? Or are we just going to get this season and that's going to lead into the movie? I think that's the interesting thing. I think with the whole, again, we talked about this. We don't want to talk about it, but the whole writers and actors strike, that's going to push things. So we definitely want to get the Filoni movie. I think that's Lucasfilm's thinking. We definitely want to get the Filoni movie out. And that's going to push other things aside or shelve things, possibly Mando season four, because we don't know exactly what the Filoni movie is going to be. It might incorporate elements that he might want to have out there for us as part of the overall grand story of Ahsoka and might have to push it into the film 
thereby canceling a possible season two. I don't know. It could be that. It could be the big domino fall thing. But it's it's just dependent on when these deals can get struck with the studios and the actors and writers. It's it's super unfortunate right now, but as part of the business. As much as I wonder, how much does Skeleton Key play an aspect of, of whether we get a season two of Ahsoka or not just because of the strike mm-hmm. and how Skeleton Key is going to fall? Will that end in a way that it's going to have to lead into that movie? I mean, that's I think that's one of the big questions out there. Yeah, I think Skeleton Crew is actually going to get pushed to next year. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people haven't read up on or reported about, but I think that's not going to happen until next year, unfortunately. We were going to get, I think, a fall to holiday season release on that, but I think current events have changed that, and I think Lucasfilm Disney wants to line up Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, and then... What else is next? I know there's like a Jedi Adventures thing. There's another video game coming out, Outlaws. And I think for whatever reason, they just want to just push that. And hopefully, maybe they're putting all their eggs in the Ahsoka basket. Um, it kind of feels like that with the, with the time and date change. Um, all the marketing push, the big fan event they did in multiple cities. They're really wanting to vault Ahsoka into... Um, the mainstream and they want to give her the end of the year possibly to have have her to to be enjoyed by all the fans and discovered by all the fans on disney plus and and give her the spotlight i, I don't know if that's for thinking but i mean what what else really could it be you know i mean well we also still we're just still going to be a bad batch season three at some point and i swear i i swear i've recently read that they're they're working on another visions project Yes, yes. Another Visions is going to come out. Visions is kind of more of like an outlier because I think Visions is something that drops that people... It, it's not really canon, so it's not really uh, looked upon like, like an Ahsoka because Ahsoka is like streamlined, mainline canon. Um, so Visions is, is more of like um, what I've been asking for for a long time. Do mm-hmm. like... Like what DC does with like Elseworlds. I mean, you can still do other things within Star Wars. Everything doesn't have to be canon. We could see possibly like Starkiller. We can see Sam Witwer do that outside of the canon and just. It, it won't confuse audiences. I, I don't think it will. I think audiences basically, are pretty savvy. What if, basically? Right, right. Yeah. And DC's doing it right now with the Joker and the Joker sequel and Robert Pattinson's Batman. I mean, that's all outside of the main line. DC and the new DCU. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really think Star Wars is a brand that can pull that off. I mean, it's Star Wars, guys. It's like you can do more than just the the mainline canon stuff. It's like you can spread your wings out and go to different spots and different places. Visions is terrific. I I love it. I, I love the animation. Yeah. I love the different stories. It gives us new ideas and it gives other creators the opportunity to display what Star Wars could be other than what we have and i think that's really the beauty of star wars star wars is a genre and people need to kind of realize that and kind of open their minds to that and i i think we're headed in that direction someone just asked will they ever release a rogue squadron movie i'm going to say no 
At least I not think, with Patty Jenkins involved. <laughs> I think that movie. I think that movie is is completely done. And if we, they do release it, that's not going to be until like in the in the 30s, I believe. Um, and then they just announced Taika Waititi is supposedly signed on for a Thor five, and the fans couldn't be, you know, even more upset than what they are already. Like everyone, nobody likes that idea that that Taika Waititi is going to do another Thor movie. And which means his Star Wars movie, I'm, I'm, I, I am certain that his Star Wars movie is done. I don't think he is going to be coming back to going to be doing Star Wars uh, in the future because it just so much time has passed. The bad blood that was there with with the with the new Marvel, you know, with the Thor Love and Thunder. I don't know. And honestly, I wouldn't want him to do a Star Wars movie. So I just learned, James, that Thor: Love and Thunder actually made over seven hundred million dollars at the box. Oh no, it made a lot of money. Yeah, people people went to go. I went to go see it. Yeah, but was it good? No, it wasn't. And well, I mean, I think there's louder voices that say it wasn't good, but a lot of people did like it. And I had someone actually respond to a podcast we did where we Uh mentioned that same thing. And someone called me out, and they were like, "You're just agreeing with everyone else and thinking and saying that movie was bad when it really wasn't." It's like, well, I mean, it's I, not I, one I, of the better ones. Are we? You know? Are we Taika oversaturated? Is that the question? <laughs> I, 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 like when it, like I'm watching the movie, and I'm and I'm a huge Taika Waititi fan, and then I think halfway through Love and Thunder, I was like, "Oh, this is bad. This is not gonna get better." And then the ending <laughs> happened, and I was like, "Oh, that was horrible." I looked at my wife, and my wife also a big Taika Waititi fan. She was like, "I didn't like it." I was like, "I didn't like it either." Looked at my friends; we all went to see it as a group, and it was like a, it was like an event for us to go watch it, and we were all really disappointed when it was over. So that's just me. Um, but so yeah, the 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 question was: that They're gonna ever do a Rogue Squadron movie? If they do, it's gonna be years from now. Uh, I don't think, and of course, Patty Jenkins is not going to be attached to it at all. I don't think she's, is she even going to be doing the new Wonder Woman? No. no. Is there going to be a new no. Wonder Woman? I mean. Yeah. The, according to James Gunn, uh, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. That was. Gal Gadot says different. Oh, that's right. She said. <laughs> she think... said, and then DC said different. And it's like, what's going on over there, I think there, she's guys? trying to. Uh, the uh, Dwayne Johnson, her her own movie, like she's trying to like, <laughs> and that worked out real happen. well for Dwayne Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> so so um, weird. It, it's yeah. it's bizarre. Um, yeah. yeah, she she killed her her choice her her chance of ever doing a Star Wars movie. I mean, they had that amazing promo. Everybody was excited. She's putting on shoes, and then she goes and walks, and there's an X-wing there waiting for her. She's put on rollerblades, and roller she's blades, like rollerblade right. on a tarmac with an X-wing. And I'm like, oh my god, what's going on here? And, and I had it was no so idea. Cool. And then, and then, and then the Wonder Woman 1984 comes out, and I was like, whoa, this is Pedro Pascal. This is not a good movie. Too. <laughs> I, I heard a joke, and it made me, and it was really bad. Do you want to hear the joke? Sure. It was, um, I saw this movie. Uh, people were watching this movie uh, as an in-flight movie, and they wanted to leave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they still wanted to leave, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, thoughts so, on the new Gar- the new Guardians movie? Actually, hold I mean, on. I want to answer this question. Uh, will they ever release a Rogue Squadron movie? Yes, they will eventually release one. I think because it is a legacy title in a sense. 
the Rogue Squadron books. They're very beloved, and I think they did develop something. It is shelved, I believe. I think it's on the shelf. I think it just has to be kind of like reworked, modified uh, to fit whatever director vision they bring on. Uh, and I think yeah. we're going to get a Rogue Squadron-esque type film eventually. So, it will be the Tom Cruise Star Wars movie. Well, that's Maverick. I mean, Top Gun too. That's a Star Wars yeah. film. That's pretty much what it was. Top Gun, bring, Rogue Squadron. Bring back. Uh, you know, they, you know, they should, Tom Cruise. If, if they ever do a Rogue Squadron movie, you know who should direct it is uh, Blomkamp, Neil Blomkamp. Oh yeah, I mean, he'd be good. I think he would be amazing. And dude, what about Christopher Nolan? Did you see that interview when they were like doing like a quick fire question? Would you ever consider directing a Star Wars movie? He paused and went, pass. Like, I'm not going to answer the question. And other so he's questions, in talks. He said, he said yes or no. But it was you that it here pause. For... It was that pause he gave. And it was almost like for, for the fans, of course, we're like, oh, man, he's in talks. Or I'm wondering if he was like, if I say no, will people be like, he's not a true fan. If I say yes, are the people going to be thinking I am going to be doing one? So I'm just not going to answer the question. But yeah, that's, that's one of those tricky things. Yeah. I think that's the tantalizing thing about Star Wars, though, even more so than Marvel, because Marvel's got such set directions they're going in right now. Star Wars, there is this huge sandbox box to go play in. And you know Christopher Nolan would love to establish something outside of the Skywalker saga with Star Wars and, and really set star, something outside of Star Wars and tell his own story. But could you imagine his, <laughs> his style... In Star Wars, his use of "I want to do everything in camera," I don't yeah, want to. I don't want that Star Wars, James. That's the that original trilogy, right there. Crazy if he does that. Like, that's I'm why I said. That's it. why I bought it up, man. That's why I'm like, I think his vision would be perfect for Rogue Squadron. Can you imagine that, man? I don't well, think. You know, I, 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 yeah. I'm gonna say I, I would want him for. Another Star Wars movie? I don't think for Rogue Squadron. Yeah. I, I don't for think... what uh, like just a brand new thing, a brand like his own yeah. Star Wars thing. I his think own interpretation of Star Wars. Story that he wants but to because with, with Rogue Squadron, you're gonna want a director who understands visual effects and understands, yeah. um, and and like really can shoot that very well. There's only a few directors out there now who are incredible at it. Uh, David Fincher is one of them who can f- shoot visual effects better than a lot of directors can. And now, that one of the an... directors that passed on Force Awakens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nolan also, Del Toro also uh, passed on Force Awakens. <sighs> man, Del Toro would be so good too, man. Yeah, wait, an said, underworld I... Del Toro film? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, it writes itself. Uh, I could get myself in a lot of trouble here. I mean, we do have, um, you know, that uh, supposed, what was supposed to be a Star Wars movie. Oh, the Rebel trailer Moon. for today. <laughs> Dude, that trailer, they have lightsabers. They are lightsabers. Yeah. They have laser I mean, swords. It's like this was Star Wars. And they're Wars on like and, fire, like plasma fire. And I'm it's like, like wow. oh my gosh. And like the narration, you hear the narration. I'm thinking, okay, that could have been a Luke Skywalker narration at the beginning, you know, like <laughs> instead of, you know, Anthony Hopkins, I'm just kind of trying to like, how, how can Mark Hamill have done this? And yeah. they're looking for somebody and this person has the key and there's this evil force coming to them. And this one woman has to rise up and, and fight this evil force. And and the title is Rebel Moon. It That's is the a most Star, Star Wars, Wars sounding title. It, it, it's, a, it's a Star Wars movie Zack Snyder wanted to do. It's basically yeah. what it's going And George to Lucas was like, I want you to write this. And, and he said yes. And then when they when it got sold, they were like, no, we're not going to do it. And he was like, well, you know what? That's your loss because George Lucas liked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you you just messed up. 
uh, somebody said, well, I personally don't like Ryan Johnson's movie as part of the Scar saga. I do think you would have been taking his ideas. Yeah. And then that movie yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, David. Are you clicking on it too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on with this thing? But yeah, that trilogy was announced before Last Jedi came out. I think yeah. because Johnson finished Last Jedi under budget early and everybody everybody thought it was great. And Kennedy, I think, was on a high and she was like, wow, well, this guy's amazing. I He's got to get his own trilogy. And the movie came out and it was very divisive. And people either loved it or hated it. And I think that that kind of put a halt to his thing. But he does have his last Knives Out movie going to be coming out hopefully next year. I mean, I don't know anymore. Right. Probably in two years. Maybe after the third Knives Out movie, he'll be able to then maybe focus on the Star Wars trilogy. But I question I question this. I ask you this, James. Because of the divisiveness, was that the reason why Ryan Johnson didn't go immediately back into Star Wars to make the trilogy? That is a good question. I don't Part think it me- was his decision. But but part of me it wonders if he was like I want to do my own stuff before yeah. because even because it felt like when Knives Out came out it, it was almost it was like a couple of years after and it was almost like he was like I got this this story I want to tell the story yeah. so part of me is wondering if he himself said I'm going to take a step back and I think at the time it was like I'm going to take a step back and when I do it I'm going to come back and do you know do Star Wars because you know. J.J. Abrams, my movie's going to do great. J.J. <clears throat> Abrams' movie's going to do amazing, and everyone's going to love them, and so it'll be easy for me to come back. But I think after the what happened, I think he kind of said, oh, I'll take a little more time off. And, and then Netflix gave him that yeah. sick deal, and it was like, all right, well, I'd, I'd be the dumbest you know, director at Hollywood to not take $100 million to do, yeah. a, to do two movies, that they're going to be like, just do what you want to do. And, yeah, that's and incredible. Last, and Glass Onion was awesome. I thought Glass yeah. Onion was a really great movie. And so, yeah. Um, Ryan we'll Johnson, see. great director, great mind when he's creating his own material. I don't know if he's the kind of director because he's always going to take something in a different direction than what maybe it's been before. You want, you'd rather have him taking something new on than having stepping in in the middle of something. I think if he would have started with his own Star Wars story from the beginning, instead of being in the middle of the trilogy, we look at it a totally different way. I remember it was so weird. And we talked about this before David and I did on, on a Patreon episode where Marvel and, and Lucasfilm uh, projects don't talk to each other. Writers do not talk to each other. They barely will speak to each other. James Gunn is watching uh, infinity war and he sees what um, Star Lord does, and he's just like, "I never. That's not what. Now I have to address that in my movie. Now I had no idea this was going to happen. Like I had no idea Star Lord was going to be the one who punches Thanos, and then Thanos then does what he does, you know. Yeah. And then um, they're watching it, and then I forget which. Oh yeah, he was like, "Oh, I guess I got to deal with Thor now because Thor just joins the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Endgame." Because I had no idea they were going to do that, so. Those directors, they nobody talked to each other when it came to the Marvel movies. And for some odd reason, that's the norm, which is really stupid. Yeah. And then apparently Lucasfilm also is like, oh, yeah, um, don't really just do, work on this. You're only allowed to see this script. You can't see anything else. So Ryan Johnson writes his first draft based off of J.J. Abrams movie. 
movie comes out and he's like, oh, okay, well, those characters were much more important in the movie than they were in the script. So I have to go back and rewrite. So if, I don't know if y'all remember, he had to rewrite some of The Last Jedi because he was he had no idea certain characters were going to be a lot more important because the script he read was an early draft. And I'm like, why don't y'all talk to each other? Why why don't <laughs> why why didn't Kazdan and Abrams and Johnson all sit down in a room and say, okay, this is what we should do next? Yeah, the Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow should have been shadowing them. Yes, and then rumor, and then early on, it was Johnson was direct was writing nine. He apparently he had the story for eight and nine, but then I think Trevorrow was like, oh, I'm going to try to take it my own way, and he said, okay, that's cool, and then so that happened. It's so strange that they didn't just say, hey, all three of y'all sit in a room and then discuss what you're going to do. And yeah. it's common it's, sense. It's what, 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 you were expected to use common sense. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few there, common. There's a few things I hear about that I'm like, or right, it got that far. And before you were like, oh, wait, that's not going to work. It's like, really, really, you really thought that was going to work. We but are yeah. 20 minutes away, the guys. Oh, no, we yeah. are 10 minutes away. I guess technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I want to address this uh, definitely. Uh, Evan, one of our awesome patrons, awesome supporters uh, of the Star Wars Stuff podcast, he says, totally off topic, but would it be cool uh, to do an episode with some of the Patreons? Uh, would love to hear how Star Wars have affected people. Yeah, definitely. We want to do that. Um, we just got to uh, kind of coordinate that and uh, talk to you guys. Uh, Evan, yeah, if you want to come on, yeah, let's let's figure that out. Heck and, yeah, uh, yeah. Make sure the audio video is good, and we can we can do that for sure. And uh, you know how to reach me. Uh, we have Messenger on Patreon. You can always contact us there when you are a patron. So yeah, let's uh, let's figure something out and get that done. Uh, I've talked to Maka in person. I've talked to Evan in person. Um, who else have I talked to in person? Hmm. I've I've met those two guys. I met Evan in London, and I met Maka in Anaheim. Um, I'm trying, I don't think I, I don't think anyone else, uh, that's part of Patreon other than I think James's sister that's on Patreon. She's still on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, let, yeah, let's, let's figure something out and, uh, whatever you want to do. I mean, I'm, I'm game for it. If you want to talk about star Wars and talk about your do maybe do an hour stories. That's essentially what our stories is. We interview other people, other podcasters fans 501st members celebrities um and talk about their star wars story so which is always great i always yeah. love hearing I, I always love hearing people's journey how they got into star wars and yeah a, fr a friend of mine from college just messaged me the other day and she was like i just binge watched all star wars and i am obsessed and i was like wow that's you know what i mean like all these years later, she's like, hey, I did it. I watched them all, and now it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, that's that's great. And we are going to meet in Japan. Oh, boy. Yeah, that um, that's going to be awesome, Evan. Uh, like I said, I met Evan in London. He's super cool. And uh, I wish we would have hung out more, though. I I mean, it, there was so much stuff going on, and I was trying to... We, I think we were trying to do like a live stream, me, Colin, and Josh. And Evan approached us, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, it's it's actually you!" <laughs> and it, it it was so awesome to meet and talk for the little amount of, that we did. But yeah, Evan Evan's pretty cool. So yeah, meeting in Japan. Hopefully, we all get there, and uh, it's in 2025. Uh, J Japan celebration, insane. Um, be my first time going, but 
yeah, I mean, it, Star Wars Celebration. If you guys are on the fence on going, go, go do it. Take <laughs> take go. the plunge. Ray Ray might join me in Japan. Who knows? <laughs> or for the fiftieth uh, anniversary of Star Wars, possibly That's in Anaheim. I'm my guess is Anaheim for the fiftieth. That that makes so much sense. So well, the funny thing is, I didn't even realize that I attended one of the fan Star Wars fan days. <laughs> I just like I said I was going moving. I, dude, like I told you, I have so much stuff in my mm-hmm. office over there. This is our guest bedroom, so I had to decorate our guest bedroom with all my stuff. <laughs> That's what this uh, is too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I found this, and I'm slowly finding more things that I have that I haven't unpacked. Like I'm like, holy crap! I didn't realize I had this. So I'm yeah. like, wow. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a cool experience. The first time they had it was in Plano. Uh, it was, and the funny thing is, one of the guests they had was um, from Army Army of Dark Army of Darkness. Um, the Sam Raimi? No, not Sam Raimi. Uh, the guy Campbell? played Ash. Um, Bruce Campbell. Bruce, Bruce Campbell, Campbell was there. The he legend. was actually there. So I'm kind of like, how's Bruce Campbell there? And you're having you know all these Star Wars like voice <laughs> actors and everything there at the same time. It was kind of weird. I love it. Yeah. So we're about. Five ish minutes away from it dropping on Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm on it right now. It it, it, it did take a second. Oh, to load. So, okay, with that, right, well, I gotta close go, the pre-show. Yeah. I gotta we're go get mine started. Gotta go yeah. get the hyperdrives ready. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna end the pre-show. We'll be back for a post-show. So after you watch the second episode, you can come back. We'll have some of the similar guests here on the show. And uh, yeah, uh, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, get us to a thousand. So Please. close. Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. On X at Stuff Pod. On Threads at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, we're on Patreon, of course. We've talked about that. You can find us at Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. Uh, we're on TikTok. Uh, you can find us uh, on email. You can email us um, thoughts, ideas, Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Some of you guys are watching and chatting with us there. Thank you so much. Uh, Star Wars Stuff group and a Star Wars Stuff podcast page. And thank you to all the people on Apple Podcasts and Spotify that have given us five stars, written awesome reviews for us. And uh, we will see you after the second episode of the world premiere of Ahsoka. So for Retro Ray, Kyle, James, my name's David. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs>